Hi, everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Riley. And this is the Carpool Critics Movie Podcast, where today we're discussing the 2021 Nicolas Cage movie, Pig. I want to ask Ron about a pig. (laughs) (laughs) She had a truffle pig. Okay, yeah. That's the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's Nicolas Cage looking for a pig. Um, But I want to know what we thought about it. Yeah. uh, But before we do, I should let you know. You already may have noticed if you're watching the video stream, we're on a new set. Yep. Oh my gosh. Very cool. Now I have to use my real podcast voice. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, so, yes. And some of the audio people noticed as well, and mm-hmm. you get extra points. I don't know. I don't. I want to know if they noticed or if it yeah. sounds the same, better or worse. Yep. Well, we should have, shouldn't have told them right now then. Oh, well. And if you're in our convoy of listeners who... Actually, someone was confused about this. Convoy just means you're one of those people who watches movies ahead of time, so when the episode comes out, you've already watched the movie, and you're ready to listen to the the episode. So if you're in that group of people, yeah. the convoy, yeah. what are next watching? week we're doing Green Knight. Hell yeah. The that Green looks Knight. sick. Yeah, Dev Patel. Yeah. Other people that uh, I can't think of. Joel yeah. Edgerton. Yeah. I'm not as excited <laughs> as you yeah. because you've seen the whole trailer. Yeah, I won't say anything. But I am excited because I only watched 10 seconds of the trailer. Yeah. And I was like, that's enough. This looks good. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're going to do next week. Mm. But this week it's Pig. All day. So, David, what are you giving this movie out of 10? Pig defied all my expectations by being one of the most wholesome and carefully crafted, quietly contemplative films about treasuring life's simplest pleasures. 8.3 out of 10. Wow. Strong. Nice. Result. A strong rating. Oh, God. I can already see on Riley's Uh, face. Okay. First off, I recognize this is a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) But it might be the weirdest movie I've ever covered on this podcast, and we did the movie where Paul Dano rides J- Daniel Radcliffe's flatulating dead body like a jet ski. <laughs> How is this weird? I don't it's find it super weird. weird. I feel like it, it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder, and it makes me feel strange. <laughs> it gives me feelings. I don't like those. Um, I'm giving this a 6.9. Nice. Because I'm like, is it a 7? But I have to be honest. It's good. But I have to be honest about the way that I felt about it, and I didn't feel that great about it. You just like dark movies. It's too wholesome for you. Exactly. Kind of dark. Uh, Pig is a quiet, brooding exploration of denial, grief, and how long a man can go without having a shower. (laughs) 7.6. It's a good movie. I recommend it to everybody. Did you each see it in the movie theater? I watched it at home. I watched it at home also. I saw it in the theater, and the reason I'm asking you that is because uh, a lot of the people around me were laughing Throughout the movie? Yeah. Mm. There are humorous moments. There's some really funny jokes. I think the expectation for this movie based on the original trailer was way off. Because like it was pitched as oh my John Wick, but with a pig and Nicolas yes. Cage. And it's like, it is not that movie. That is- this is the thing. Because I think a lot of people were like, oh my God. Nic- like Nicolas Cage is a like caricature of himself at this point. Yeah. So you never know if you're going in there for like Nick Cage's gonzo and it's going to be stupid. Yeah. Or if it's going to be like a serious performance. Yeah. And I felt like, it was clear to me what the movie was, but a lot of people around me were laughing at some of the key moments. Before like, you even started, you it was clear to you? No, but oh. once it started. Oh. Yeah. But then people around me, like even through the end, were like, ha, 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 it's so bad, it's good. And I was like, I don't find that at all. It's what? so bad, it's good. Like, what is wrong? It's definitely with not that. that. All right, let's get real deep into that right after this message from our sponsor. And guess what? It's a new sponsor. Cereal is great, but it's full of sugar and junk you really shouldn't eat. Magic Spoon is changing that with their healthy yet delicious cereals. Zero grams of sugar, zero. 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories. That means it's keto friendly, it's gluten free, it's grain free, it's soy free, and low carb. Honestly, I go 
through the section of cereals and granola bars at the grocery store looking for low sugar things. Uh, things yeah, that I'll give luck. my kid and stuff. Yeah. The lowest sugar ones, the branding is all like, uh, I eat granola for a living. <laughs> they still have so much sugar. Yeah, they, yeah. Like one little granola bar will have like like a quarter of your daily yeah, intake of sugar. Yeah, it's insane. Grams. Or it's like naturally derived sugar and it's like, oh, it's cane sugar yeah. or something, but it's still sugar. <laughs> sugar. Yeah. No, this is actually legit. This yeah. has allulose, which I guess is a, is a type of sugar, but it's a, one that is not uh, metabolized by our body oh. so much. So it just kind of goes through. Yep. Yeah. And But it t ends up tasting sweet. There's stevia extract as well. David and I tried this. I actually like genuinely am so excited about we, this. I, we yeah. really like it. Yeah, peanut really butter, good. the peanut butter and chocolate yeah. ones are really good. Yeah. I love the fruity one as well. Yeah. Yes, you can try out all those flavors in a variety pack. The cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter all at once. Magic Spoon's got a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it, and maybe you won't like it, guess what? They'll refund you, no questions asked. Get yours today with five bucks off using our code carpool nice. at nice. checkout or by going to magicspoon.com slash carpool. Magic Spoon, send us more boxes, please. David, keep eating them. Yeah, can we? Yeah, I want to keep eating it. We're also brought to you by Manscaped and their performance package kit. It comes with a ton of stuff, including the new Lawnmower 4.0 waterproof trimmer, Ooh. their crop preserver ball deodorant, their weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, and their new Shears 2.0 luxury nail kit. Mm. Hot damn, head to manscaped.com forward slash carpool20 today and get 20% off. Plus, free international shipping, you guys. Jeez. Give your Plus! Oh. Their shed travel bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxer briefs. Oh, my available God. Available for a limited time. Just keeps going. They just keep giving. Yeah, so many things. Shave your face. Like, eat some cereal. Give your pig a, a, a pampering. Pat, a little <laughs> pat on Pamper the... Pamper your pig. Gotta say, being back on the dating scene, man, the, the lawnmower, really appreciate it. <laughs> nice. It is great. Nice. Yeah, you know, you don't want to look too eager. You don't want to yeah. use like a, like a Gillette. You, well, you want to look like there's a couple so days of growth. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> David's balls are toned. How everyone. specific do we want to get here? <laughs> you, you buy the ball toner from Manscaped. So, if you haven't seen Pig in a bit, here's uh, Riley with the All synopsis. Right. So, Rob is a reclusive truffle hunter living in a cabin deep in the Oregon woods with his foraging pig. One night, Rob is assaulted and the pig is stolen, forcing Rob to ask the young image conscious Amir, who buys Rob's truffles, for help retrieving the pig. To get a lead, the pair head to Portland and infiltrate an underground fighting ring for restaurant workers, <laughs> where it's revealed to Amir that Rob is actually the legendary Chef Robin Feld. The next morning, Amir reveals that the happiest moment in his parents' troubled marriage was the night they ate dinner at Rob's restaurant many years ago. That evening, Rob and Amir eat at a trendy restaurant run by Rob's former employee, Derek, who reveals the person behind the pig napping was none other than Darius, Amir's father. <gasps> Rob confronts Darius, who offers Rob money, but also threatens to kill the pig if Rob doesn't back off. Meanwhile, Amir visits his comatose mother, then picks up Rob, who reveals he doesn't actually need the pig to hunt, he just loves her. Rob and Amir split up and gather special ingredients, reconvening at Darius' house to serve him the same dinner Rob cooked for them years earlier, bringing Darius to tearfully confess that the pig was accidentally killed. Amir drives a devastated Rob back to the woods, where he plays a tape of his wife singing to him on his birthday. Very somber. Very, very confusing. Confusing? <laughs> so, like, okay. Let me clear this up for so, you. So, wait, no, no, no. I got this movie, Riley. I get it. I totally get it at the end. I get it. But, like, the process of getting there, I was just, I felt, uh, I felt misled a little bit. Hmm. I don't think I even watched the trailer for this. I just saw the synopsis. And I saw some people talking about it, and I assumed, as from what I've heard, many, many people did, that this was going to be a John Wick-esque thing, where it's like, 
you know, retired old guy, damaged or whatever. Somebody Dead comes wife. and kills his yeah. pet, and he goes on a revenge spree. Uh, so I, I was totally expecting at any moment. It, it stopped around the third mark, maybe. Sure. I, I guess when part like, two. Okay, he's really not going to head any like yeah. headbutt someone <laughs> well, right it, now. It does feel like the kind of movie where hyper violence is just waiting, yes. like waiting to pop out. Where yes. Like, yeah, when they steal a pig, I assumed that like he was just gonna like stab someone through the neck and like blood would go everywhere. For sure. Nope. And and like I feel like uh, the I saw some still images, I guess, of it, and it's like I I knew that his face was gonna be bloody for most of the movie, and I'm like, okay, usually people's faces are bloody when they're getting in fights. Turns and- out. He gets hit once and just leaves the blood on there the, the whole, whole movie. Um, no, he gets hit. Well, he, he get the initial assault, and then he's got blood on his face, and then he goes to the underground fighting ring, and oh, it turns yeah. out it's not actually a fighting ring. It's like a you see how many punches you can take yeah. in 60 seconds. That's the weird part of the movie. It's so weird, weird and I think that's the part. Where, so, so like if I'm looking at my notes here, and they're pretty positive up until the point where it says Edgar, who's the guy that that's their content uh, contact in Portland, Edgar runs fights for restaurant workers, and that's the point. Uh, from that point in my notes onwards, it's just like, wait, what the wait? No. Wh- who? <laughs> like, why? I didn't like that scene either. Like, it didn't feel like there was ferocity to the guy kicking the shit out of Nick Cage. It seemed like fake and acted. Mm. Yeah. And so that that whole scene lost its impact for me. But I think I was able to move past it quickly. I think the the reason the the scene lost impact was because it started to not feel real anymore. Sure, because. I can buy that, hey, this is a damaged guy. He like went away from whatever life he was living to like go live in the woods and he's obviously using this pig for emotional support because he's lost loved ones and blah blah blah. And so he really wants to get the pig back. I'm I'm on track for all of that. Sure. But then we get back into Portland and it's like, oh, he was this legendary chef, and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, Chef the uh, yeah. Chef Robin, Chef Feld. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, you changed my life and blah blah blah. And I'm like, what the, what the there, chef? Like, I agree. I think we don't a- know that yet at that part. No, we we as soon as they go to the fighting ring, which is around uh, the beginning of part part two, I believe. This movie is split. It's like an hour and a half long, which is actually kind of nice, and it's split into like almost equal thirty minute uh, parts. Part one, part two, part three, and so that's around the the beginning of part two, I believe. And we learned that he he writes his name, Robin Feld, and everyone's like. It's all the restaurant workers, and they know who he is. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then the the, the morning after, Amir's like, oh, you changed my parents' life. And so at that, that's the point at which we is realize it's it's revealed that he's this like fancy fancy chef. Do you guys feel like the movie did enough to show that he was a fancy chef, or because I felt like it was a little bit told where it's everyone's kind of just reacting to him being Robin. Like you don't really until right. the end, you don't really see him be a chef. Like you see him cook at the beginning, but it's like. Without the context that you find out later, it's like he could just be making a little pie. Right, right. If you, if you, if a tree gets eaten in the forest, does anybody care? You know, like he, he's eating (laughs) in the woods in the opening scene, but without the consensus of everyone else saying it's good, we have no idea. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not enough context to be like, oh, he's a chef. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you see him make like a a nice and involved and purposeful meal, and then you see him enjoy it to a high degree. He's sitting there on the stoop, like eating this quiche that he made. I guess, I he's guess, really in, enjoying it. Yeah, that's in, all you know. In hindsight, that makes a lot of sense because once we know that he's this fancy chef, but I think that in la- if we never learn that he's a fancy chef, that scene would make total context or make total sense. Like, okay, he's a guy living in the woods. He kind of likes cooking with his 
cast iron pan or something. No, it doesn't I, tell you that he's a fancy chef. Yeah, it just no. tells you he really, really lives for food. Yeah, and I don't know if he lives for food based on that, but okay. I think there's a me, whole shot where it's just like, look at him enjoying that quiche that he spent a lot of hey, time making. I know a lot of like outdoorsy guys who like hunt and like just want to like every weekend they just go and live out in the woods and that's their whole thing. And they, they, <laughs> they, they're fancy about the things they put in the cast iron pan. Like they, there's like a, there's like a certain respect for food in that way. But but I wouldn't describe them as like foodies. Yeah, but they also didn't like have a truffle pig. Get some fresh truffles, bring those truffles back uh, home to their cabin, and make a quiche. Yeah, I guess. Like I don't it's a little. I, I missed that different. he had truffles in that part. I missed. I didn't pick it up till uh, Amir shows up. Yeah, and, and I guess truffles. I guess truffles are a fancy a fancy thing. But I don't know. I I feel like I that was. To, we don't. Let's not get stuck on this point. But. Yeah. To me, what the that scene communicates more is that he's a man who lives very slow paced life. And enjoys yeah. like the little things, and he takes the time to right. find pleasure in the little things. And I think that ties into kind of what is going on in the entire movie. I might have been bringing stuff in with me because mm. I did see the trailer, and I remember from the trailer him saying, "Like, you know, I remember everyone I ever cooked for." So I knew oh. he was. I knew he was a chef oh, yeah. when I saw that. So scene. you knew that. Cheated. Okay, so for me it was a complete <laughs> twist. Ah. I had no idea he was yeah, going to be a chef. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I just idea. assumed he was like a woodsman. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I already had like this assumption. Like, uh-huh. I think he was a chef at some point. Is that because I've seen the trailer? I feel like doing this podcast has really made me think more than I ever have before about the amount of stuff you bring into a movie. Oh, 100%. It, com- it can completely change your experience of it. Like, uh, my expectations about what Luca would be completely changed my, my experience of what that movie was. And I think it's happening here as well. Although, you had more information than I did going into this. Usually, it's the opposite. Yeah. And and now I feel like if I had that information, I I would have enjoyed the movie more. Mm. But I think that now, the the deception that takes place like <laughs> is is annoying to me because I, I I enjoy when expectations are subverted, but um, it has to feel I have to feel something. Oh, that's and I I I really ended up not feeling anything. See, at the I end feel of the. Movie. Are you crazy? Yeah, I feel so. I felt so much because, when this ended. I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah, I feel like. Like the expectation is for hyperviolence to take place or for some crazy right. dark thing to happen. But wait a second. That's what you brought in. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think to me, like the. Because I didn't one, have that expectation. Oh, I, I brought that in. And so to me, the greatest subver- subversion of the movie is that it doesn't do that. That it's really just about like someone trying to find something that he loves and changing another person to like not look for the superficial things, not look for the fancy things and mm-hmm. and enjoy the the little things. And so to me, that's like. A crazy subversion that's actually pretty brave because movies yeah. just like aren't that simple anymore right. and this movie although i think it does a really good job pacing out uh what's happening and it feels like there's reveals even though there's no twists mm-hmm. i i just like love that simplicity and that like honesty that this movie has yeah. and like that really affected me i'm well, realizing is- now that i actually have we may have different takes on what this movie is about or trying to say mm. so you're saying that you think the message of the movie is about uh enjoying and savoring little things in life. I think it's that's a big part of it because there's definitely an element of like dealing with grief and denying mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but I think that like there's a huge element of like the superficiality of like high oak oh, like high cuisine. Right. Uh, what's important? In what's life. important in life? For and me, Emir's yeah, the, the example, like the biggest yeah, example yeah. of that. To me, to me, it seemed like the main takeaways were like it's like a meditation on loss. Uh, because he lost his wife, uh, Rob lost his wife, and uh, Amir and Darius lost uh, the mother of that family. Um, there's a father-son relationship, and like the complexities of that, and how like loss can lead to these broken relationships. 
the need for validation by uh, of sons by fathers, and then uh, the authenticity of like of, of what you're talking about with the Oregon food world and stuff. Yeah. For me, that was <laughs> well. Let, we we need to talk about that scene because that was the best scene in the movie for me. The uh, the restaurant to Derek, taking Derek down a notch. Yeah. Um. But this is why I'm trying to say ahead of time and in my slogan that. It I know it's a good movie. Like I know that there are, there is good quality parts of this of this movie, and I think that afterwards, once I st- kind of started talking about or th- started thinking about Amir and like what he was all about, you know, he's he's trying to be this fancy guy. He's got the fancy car and the fancy clothes. He's <laughs> I I couldn't catch it at first what he was listening to on the radio, but uh, they they give you a chance to catch it again a few times, and what he's listening to is. Classical music with someone explaining oh, yeah. over top of it why you should love <laughs> classical music. And it's like, it's so sophisticated because of this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he's like really trying to to get to this like place of sophistication. Yeah. Basically because he feels inadequate because of the way that his father has treated him. And that's a, that's a really interesting story. I feel, I feel like I, I like the Amir story way more than the Rob story. Um, and there's a lot of good meat in this. I just think that the overall experience of it, the ride of it, Left me feeling, uh, it's, it left a bad taste in my mouth, and I didn't feel the emotion of it because I, I was so I was so taken aback by the like weirdness of it. Like it's just okay. weird. I think, I think it's I think you, you nailed it. Where I think Amir <clears throat> is the more interesting character. Like I think the the movie keeps Nick Cage at the center because that's like the energy is there, even though it's like pretty subdued in this movie. Like there's something just so electric about him mm. keeping it keeping all everything down. But Amir's arc is, I think it's just like, it's incredible. Right. I, I really feel like he was a real person before and he like through this interaction really changes in a believable way. Man, like everyone's talking about Nicolas Cage's performance, but Alex Wolf, man, oh. he is like, yeah. he's got to have a huge career out of him. He's so talented. I watched Hereditary again this weekend. Oh, yeah. That guy is the fucking best. Oh, that is that guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I didn't really... He's so good. Really and he's also in Old, which we were going to cover, but aren't going uh, to. See, in the trailer for Old, I instantly recognized him. Oh, a guy from Hereditary. Yeah, but yeah. in this, I didn't. Maybe it's because he had a mustache. Yeah, and, and he's got the kind of like the more slick back yeah. hair look. He's like trying but to look different. I think his arc is revealed by Robin's arc. Like, True. you can't really just have him without yeah. Robin. So let's just talk about Robin a bit more. So my take on this was at the beginning, especially with what I brought into the movie, I was kind of fooled because I was thinking, okay, he loves the pig because the pig is his conduit, his vehicle to what he truly loves in life, which is food. Mm-hmm. Look at him eat that damn quiche. This like simple thing in life is just, he's experiencing it. He's sitting in the woods and among nature like this is living. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. And, and so he wants to get to that. And so when the pig is taken away, he needs to get back to that. You know, he used to be successful in the rat race. He gave it all up and now he's really living. Mm-hmm. And without the pig, he can't do that. And so that's why he's going for the pig. Even though we were given this like touchstone, you know, you know, a touchstone. Some people call, uh, you know, these things in movies where you have a physical object that kind of stands for the inner feelings oh, of a person. So we're given this touchstone, which is the cassette player. Mm. And he's got this cassette that he plays for a second uh, that we kind of assume it has to do with a dead wife or something right and then he doesn't play it and he puts it on the high shelf he's not ready to deal with that yeah. we're given this touchstone and you know if you've seen movies before you're kind of like that's probably gonna be important later <laughs> that's probably really really fucking important yeah but then i just forget about it and i keep thinking about the pig as a vehicle for him to like eat food uh then you go on this big journey and and this is why i think that underground fight thing exists 
we see him take on all this pain throughout the whole movie. He's getting physically beat the shit out of, mm. but it never really affects him at mm. all until yeah. he finds out that his pig has been killed. That is the only time we see him actually emote. He breaks down, he falls on his knees and cries. Right. Because the pig mattered so much more than anything else. Uh, and then he has this big breakthrough. He comes back home. Uh, the pig is dead. And he says, you know, I wish that I hadn't gone looking for the pig because then in my mind, she would still be alive. And then uh, what's his counterpart's name? Amir? Amir. Amir's like, yeah, but she isn't. Yeah. And then... That's when he's like, you're right, goes home, listens to the tape, because really, and I can't believe I was like such an idiot for not like thinking about, <laughs> it's not about the food, it's about his, gr <laughs> it's about yeah. his grief for his wife, and yeah, then he's yeah. able to play the tape and actually reckon with, with this trauma that he has, because throughout the whole thing, the reason that he left the city and left his field and is so yeah. jaded about everything is because he lost a loved one and he hasn't dealt with it. See, mm. that's, yeah, that's so interesting, because I think that because I didn't think I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, food hadn't even factored into it at all for me in the beginning, in those beginning scenes when, you know, he, it shows the tape and I know that he has this relationship with the pig. Like it shows him loving the pig. There's like, there's this, there's these scenes where they're like staring lo longingly at each yeah, other he basically. Bites his lip. <laughs> <laughs> yep. and, um, so I'm like, for me, it was like right away, I'm like, oh, his wife died and the pig is a surrogate. And so he's, he's mapped his love onto the pig. And so I like that was I I picked that right up right at the beginning because I didn't know about the food ah mm. so that's that's interesting. Well, I loved how they finally when they came back and then he, he presses play and listens to it and that's freaking song that they chose. What song is it again? I don't know. It's like I went home and listened to like four different oh, versions it's, of uh, it. You're on fire by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. And what a great performer they had on tape. That was just like an awesome yeah. cover of that song. That was a nice little acoustic. Uh, Do you think? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> when they're in that restaurant and he's uh, he says to Amir uh, she was alive in my mind yeah but she isn't and then we see Amir go to his car and and cry and lay in the fetal position go to sleep in his car yeah why because he's just like damn dude that was heavy <laughs> I, I gotta think about this I think it's because I'm, the, I'm laughing but I think that's actually what it was well I think it's the <clears throat> more more clearly than that is is the conversation they're having about the pig is also applicable to his life with his mom. Right. Yeah. Because it's, but inverse, because his mom is alive. She's on life support. And part pig. But in his mind, she's dead. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's like er, kinda... In the earlier stages of the movie, he says that she's, he lies and says she's dead. Right. Yep. Yeah. Which is kind of confusing. But I mean, I guess it's almost like he, yeah, he doesn't want to face the fact of what actually happened to her. Because he goes and he has the opportunity to walk in and look at her, but he doesn't want to go in and look at her. He just stays at the door yeah. and just wants to talk through the door. And the nurse comes and is like, you want to come and see her? He's like, no. He does the same yeah. thing with his dad, too. Remember, he goes, he tells his dad to come and eat. He talks to him through the glass. Right, right, right. But then he opens it, yeah. which is symbolic. Mm. Okay, let's talk mm. about his let, dad. In. Let's talk about the dad. Great performance. Oh, man, I completely disagree. <laughs> Really? That was like one of the big things that rubbed me the the total wrong way about this movie because I was like, he come like they kind of present him as if he's gonna be this like crime boss type of character, and he's like, listen, I'm not somebody you mess with in this town, yeah. and other people are I like run all the restaurants. Yeah, Derek in the restaurant is like, <laughs> like who has my pig? And he's like, he's not someone you want to mess with. And we're like, oh okay, so he's supposed to be this big scary guy, and he's like. How about I give you $25,000 to walk away? And he's like, no, I want the pig. And he's like, 20 million? And then he's like, 
if you keep coming after me, I'll kill the pig. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. At, at, at first, you're like, why wouldn't he just do that at the beginning? If he, if he really, if, if that's on the table. If you keep coming after me, I'll kill the pig. I think How about it's that? Because he has some res- some form of respect for Robin. And I know, but that's so so it's pig. confusing. It's this still like it's this like subverting expectations thing. Like they're making the audience think that he's this like scary crime boss guy, but really he's just kind of an asshole. But he has power. Um, I didn't think that his performance was particularly compelling. I just feel like the casting was wrong. Maybe. Hmm. Um, I I and I get I get now that they needed a character that could also come to this like sensitive place but in that scene in particular i just it it, it feels amateur it feels like oh. a low budget movie oh and it holy, is a low budget total movie. disagree 180 is, there's nothing wrong with being a low low budget movie but i i think it just it it felt amateur a little bit for me i was i grew up with a similar character in my life to that asshole mm. i had a stepdad who is like everyone in the house is walking on eggshells around him just domineering just fucking asshole like that right and to me i was like this guy nails it hmm. so, so every everyone's asshole is tight when this guy's around he's just such a dick i thought his performance was great see i i think part of the reason is that i didn't believe that he was a dick like adam arkin is the actor and he has kind of a kind face <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know. he looks so cold he and looks detached kind of, and what really i don't know he looked like soft he looked like uh he looked he he has a he looks. He looked like he has a kind face, and the the manner in which he was speaking wasn't really that threatening. But the words that he was saying were threatening. He's like the classic critical dad. Yeah, that that worked to kind of enhance it. Where like if he was kind of more typical, like mob boss looking, I think it wouldn't be as interesting. Whereas this, it's like he's more manipulative. He's more kind of like yeah. hurtful because people expect him to be nice to them. I definitely yeah, you're just like you're like this close to having his approval at any time. Yeah. He just never gives it to you. I, I I totally get all this of what you're saying. Like I get that that's the character. I just think that the that Adam Arkin, the actor, didn't wasn't the right choice to portray that. And like if you guys felt that from him, it's like obviously mm. that's great. You know, that 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 had the intended effect. That's but pretty I think that it's such a hard it's a hard nuanced uh line to draw between this like stereotypically cartoony mob boss guy and like just kind of a regular asshole dad like i i'm i recognize that it would be a hard thing like uh, this is like a small tweak that i would be making to casting to be like mm-hmm. let's just get somebody who's a little bit like, more the, the other you way you just wanted like james gandolfini you wanted like a no, sopranos I feel, looking guy I, I, I mean i think you're, you're thinking that that's like a more mob bossy guy, and I do think that that maybe that would be too far. I'm really cut. I'm really splitting hairs yeah. here, okay. I, and this is why I, again, it's a good movie. I have to say it's a good movie. It's just these. There are certain things like this that bothered me. It and the movie ended, and I was like, wow, they should have got Adam Arkin to play Sator in Tenet. He would have been Ooh, way better. Ooh, yeah, that'd like, be way better. It, of like K- the main Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh played uh, that that kind of thuggish Russian Ooh. dude. Yeah, he just like plays it uh, so boring. But yeah, no, you're right. That perform the, the Alan Adam Arkin part performance would be more interesting. I would agree with you that if they had somebody who is less cartoony, that would be good. Yeah, but I again, I don't really. There's know. also like not that much time in the movie to develop uh, that character in person because they talk about him a lot and like you see how he's affected Amir, but there's yeah. not that many scenes with him. Right. I think it could have used a little bit more and when they were. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it felt super weird when he has this like super super confrontational meeting with Rob. Uh, Darius does. And then Rob goes out and he's like, oh, I guess I'm not getting my pig back. He threatened to kill the thing. It's like he is acting like a crime boss. And then later they get these ingredients and go back into the house and everything's fine. And he's like, we made you dinner. <laughs> like, what? Wait, he's threatening to kill the pig two seconds ago. And now you're like, we made you dinner. 
It just seems it's like totally mismatched. I don't know if it's totally mismatched. I, I see where you're coming from where it's like how did that could be a logic flaw. Well, is that okay. what you're saying? And so I guess this is this is my main complaint here is that we go from this like we think it's going to be a badass revenge story, whether that be whether that involves like busting down walls and killing bad guys left and right or whatever. We think that's that's the tone that's set up. And then it slowly, slowly shifts into this like quiet, contemplative family drama. And it's just, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It feels, it feels weird. It feels like I think part of it is casting. Part of it's the performance. Part of it is the ridiculousness of setting up this character to be like a badass and then being like, actually, he's this like chef with, supernaturally gifted skills. At what point is remembers, Nicholas... It's like a cartoony thing that he remembers every meal he's When is cooked. Nicolas Cage's character built up to be a badass? I think in the in the very beginning, he's like, he he, he, the, he gets knocked out, he wakes up, he's got blood over all over his face, he doesn't do anything about it. The first thing he does is just get in his truck and start moving. He He's set up to be a badass because he can take all these punches and he like goes into the underground fighting thing. It's an, assumed... Like I think that the there's another expectations there that's set up that he that is actually before we know that he's like this legendary chef, but we know that he was in the badass in the in the underground fighting rings. So then he goes up and puts his name on the thing, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's Robin Feld." And I guess the implication later is not that he was part of these underground fighting rings and he was legendary and how many punches he could take or whatever, because that's kind of the implication there. To you, the John Wick guy, right? But like, Not to everyone else watching the movie. Uh, so many people, like so many people, have said that they thought this was going to be a John Wick. Good for them. They were all wrong. No, I know. Uh, sure, they were all wrong. But <laughs> like, all, all I'm saying is that the, the I'm validating the expectation that was set up because lots of people clearly felt the same way that I do, which is that it seems like he's going to be a badass guy. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, but is I that from I, the trailer or is that from the actual movie? I didn't see the trailer. But these other people, like I'm, I, I'm basically so, arguing that that's not. In the movie. So uh, the only reason I know that everybody thought it was going to be a John Wick thing, just like I did, was because um, I watched a bunch of people talking about the movie and they were like, I thought it was going to be a John Wick thing. Like that's almost it, literally every breakdown of the movie, review, analysis, they're all like, you think it's going to be a John Wick thing, but then it's not. Hmm. I so, wonder if it has to do with Nicolas Cage as being the star. Maybe. Could be, yeah. That you, definitely probably plays into it because he did like, Mandy and that was like insane, Yeah, like right? as soon as you see Nicolas Cage, like, whatever this movie is, it's going to be wacky. Yeah, but I didn't even see Mandy, which apparently he he does, he does plays one of these characters where he just like goes completely bonkers, badass action. Yeah, just at stuff. the end, he kind of goes on a killing spree. And right. Okay, wow. Spoilers from Mandy, guys. Jeez. Oh, come I think on. that's yeah. pretty... Come on. I feel Sorry. like that's... If you're watching Pig, you've probably <laughs> already watched... If you're, if you're watching well, a podcast maybe. on Pig, you've probably already watched Pig. I'm in a podcast on Pig and I haven't seen it. You haven't watched Mandy? Mandy. No, it's I, pretty good. I, I want to see it. It's good. It's good. Better than Color Out of Space. Oh, that was trash. So bad. That was trash. I get why people like it. Like, there's, I don't know. Anyways, back to Pig. <laughs> I like the rough and tumble, low budgetness of this movie. Like, right. I think I really enjoy a lot of the sets. Like, when he, I can't remember what it is, but one of the first parts of his investigation, he goes through, like, kind of a, like a food truck thing. And it just feels really real and grounded. Mm. And I, because they can't afford to build these sets, I'm guessing like a lot of these locations are just real alleyways, real places. Yeah. And it, it it grounds the entire feeling of the film and gives it such an atmosphere that I really enjoyed. And then the sets that they do build, they have to be really simple. Like there's when he first confronts like the level one mob boss, it's just inside like this 
room with a couple tables and all the windows are covered in this like cheap fabric right. and it's very simple but it's effective it's striking and I, I just think this movie aesthetically is is like way better than its budget apparently yeah, totally they did shoot it in portland so huh. uh yeah probably a lot of those locations were were real i mean the food trucks like the kind of artisanal food uh is obviously a huge part of portland portlandian culture sure Speaking of Portlandia, <laughs> the sketch comedy show with uh, Fred Armisen. Have you guys seen any of that? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, man. They need to have Nick Cage on for it's a cameo. It's brilliant. Well, what was so fun? I laughed out loud uh, when they get to, uh, which, okay, now we're talking about the scene because we have to talk about it. The Derek, uh, Derek, chef, the, the restaurant where Derek is. Oh, the yeah, chef. That's probably yeah, the yeah. best scene. Yeah. It, 100% my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, but they show up there and she's like, the, 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 we hear the audio of the waitress talking and she's like, Everybody comes into the world with certain pre-existing uh, expectations or something, and it's good to challenge our views because it opens it, us up to blah blah blah. And I'm like, what is this? And then it cuts to the 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 A-roll comes in, and it's like they're in a restaurant. There's a waitress talking about the food oh they're about to God. eat. It's like our exploration today is of the the sea meeting the land and the blah blah blah. And it's like some That's fancy just, fancy thing. Just port could be in Portlandia. It literally is a what? Portlandia skit with Fred Armisen and the other uh, Carrie something. Oh, I forget her name. That's horrible. are you saying they lifted that script? No, no, I don't think. Well, maybe. I doubt <laughs> but it. it. No, but no, it's not the exact same script, but. There is an, like a sketch where they are sitting on a table opposite each other in this fancy Portland restaurant and a waitress is describing to them in great detail uh, the dish they're about to eat, where the ingredients were sourced yeah. from, these chickens are from. That's well, uh, Yeah, that's what I, yeah, I yeah. thought when he's like, I need to know where this pig came, where it came yeah. from. I was like, what? Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Portlandia skit. Well, and so he, uh, Derek serves them wine. He's like, this is from a wondrous pl wonderful place only 20 miles away. And they're talking about all everything being locally sourced and sustainable and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's literally the Portlandia skit. The Portlandia skit involves them being like, wait, where is this chicken from? And they're like, it's from a farm like 10 miles yeah, from here. And then they go and yeah. before they eat, they have to go make sure and meet the chickens and make sure that they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I like laughed out loud when this came up and I was, because uh, I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is very Portlandish. And I, at that point I was like, okay, wait, is this going to be a funny movie? <laughs> no. Oh my God. It's funny. I didn't love that scene. I don't know. Something about it didn't ring as like honest as some of the rest of the scenes kind of affected me. Like mm. when uh, when the chef realizes who it is when he has like the big like <gasps> moment. I I don't know something about it just felt like so acty. Okay, yes, that is. I hate the dude's. Okay. Well, good. okay, I don't hate his performance, but I'm like it's really fifty fifty for yeah. me because they're near the near the latter half of it when he starts kind of like breaking down and he's trying to keep the smile on his face, but it's like his entire world is crumbling. Yeah. Like that's pretty good. That's pretty. But good. up till that, it's like. You are super overacting, my yeah. dude. And I love what Nicolas Cage does, like the way he pulls him apart without like being mean spirited, but just yeah. like being a force of like truth or something. Okay, like, well, it yeah. works. Pause though. Yeah. You're saying he's overacting, but he also is acting. Like in canon, mm. in the true. scene, mm. he is trying to project being the chef who's That's true. coming out. But, so. but I think that once again, you know, I'm a harsh critic. <laughs> I think that there are ways you can perform this type of scene. Uh, with nuance where we see that element that you're talking about, but it doesn't feel like I'm also watching. Mm. Like the, what I, the, my real standard for this is whether I'm looking at the screen and I believe that the, the character doing the things is the actual character. And if I don't believe it, if I see past that and I see that this is an actor. And you just know craft services is five feet away from them. And yes. 
All that, right. They should have got Daniel Day Lewis. Okay, but <laughs> going back to the like the Fight Club esque takedown of of society and his oh, yeah, whole profession yeah. and shit, that was awesome. That was a great takedown. Uh, yeah, this isn't real. They're not real. They don't care about you. Uh, <laughs> it's a great it's a great scene, and uh, it really I love how it just eviscerates the whole scene of <laughs> different the, the the world of food and foodies. And like thinking that uh, this is like some fancy, fancy thing. He's like, what did you want to do? You wanted to make an English pub. What are you doing here making this fancy, fancy? He's like, everybody loves it. Uh, everyone talks about how much they love it. He's like, what was your signature dish going to be? He's like, a liver something with a green glaze sauce. <gasps> and he like exhales it. Like yeah. he didn't even know it was still in there. Yeah. I, thought, I thought the performance was great at that point. I, much would, I would much rather go to an English pub than a fancy food Depends place. Depends on the night. I like both. <laughs> got room in my life. I'm pay, a foodie. I don't want to pay f- 50 bucks for whatever they were eating. In it was that a scallop, time. I think. It was a scallop bathed Scallops in... Scallops are good, Bathed though. in the smoke of Douglas furs or something. Ooh, yeah, that's a bit much. I lo- yeah, I'd, you're right. If I had to choose one for the rest of my life, it'd be English pubs. When he when he was doing his final push, and he's like, okay, here's what we need to do. We're going to go collect these ingredients. And then he's cooking. Yeah. And he's preparing the meal that is going to be... Uh, reminiscent of the meal he made 20 years before that's going to really be evocative for this villain. Did you guys know that's what they were doing? Nope. Was no. that clear to you? No, no. I still at that point I thought it was like, alright, we're getting some guns and poison. <laughs> we're blasting yeah. down the doors. I thought, I felt like such an idiot after, like the guy's eating it he starts crying and not until he's back in his like office having a scotch that I was like Oh, he cooked him the meal and he's recognized that that was the same meal he ate before with his wife. Mm, and yeah. I was like, I felt like such an idiot because I was, as soon as he says like, let's get some ingredients. You could have, you had all the information yeah. at that point. We could have known. Maybe. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Yeah. So I, I, th- I think that idea <laughs> of having this <laughs> dinner be like the, the height of their relationship is just kind of dumb. Like, there we go. Yeah, I think, that, I think that was that, that was like that's really the best moment in your life is this meal. Like, yeah, you, maybe it's like a great memory and you had a great date and whatever. But like, I don't know, something rang really false about that. It, to me, I'm totally willing to grant it. Okay, given what we know, given that we know that the 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 villain guy, what's his name, Darius, is a super foodie because they work in that industry. So I'm ass- yeah. it's kind of like audiophiles, you know? I'm assuming you have this palette that I can't even relate to and you can taste all these things that I don't know about. Yeah. So that if I grant that and I grant the other relationships that we know about, we know that his wife is now in the hospital. We know that they had fights, a tumultuous relationship. This guy has a childhood story about how this dinner was the best. Like if given mm-hmm. all those all that information, it, well, it follows. I, that's what I find it's hard ridiculous. To so the belief, premise is, is the sh- premise is yeah. It's not that like he wouldn't have this breakdown because of it. I think that's believable. The internal like, logic and yeah, and smell are like the most like the strongest ways to have like your memory sh- like brought back. Mm. I think the idea that Amir is like that dinner <laughs> that changed their life. Also, like, when he was a, he was a kid, <laughs> how old, how how young was he that this was happening and he knew what restaurant they went to? Yeah, maybe know. ten or something, ten or twelve. He's like, oh, my mom and dad are going to Fenway's or whatever it was called. I I could see that. Again, I don't have to suspend my disbelief that far for that to be believable if that's their whole world. They live in this world. James. This food world. Do you identify as a foodie? No. Do you, David? Oh, you just said you do. I am a huge foodie. So if anyone should understand what's going on here, you would. Maybe. maybe. I'm I'm clearly not of, of that caliber. Man, I, get, get me out of Surrey, man. So I hate food in Surrey. I'm like, yeah. What? There's a lot of good. I mean, there's a lot of good Indian food. Yes, yeah. but um, uh, 
I feel like I would be an anti-foodie. Like mm. I'm not. I'm. I don't think that people shouldn't be foodies necessarily. But I. You're a starvy. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy food. I like eating. But at the same time, I. It's really, really hard for me to uh, think and understand that people treat it as this sort of like high art form. Like I think that it is an art form. I think that you can uh, make food that is like creative, right? It's it's obviously a creative process, uh, but. I, the idea that someone would eat a meal and then either that you have a horrible, horrible marriage, <laughs> you hate your wife and everything's going badly, but then you go and eat in this restaurant and the food is so good that you come back laughing is laughable to me. And then also that the memory of that night, eating the same meal would make you cry enough that it just kind of completely breaks down what uh, the wall that you've put up for this person who you stole a pig from. I disagree, man. I think on, on both counts, on the first count where like you think it's impossible for a, uh, a couple who have tumultuous relationship to go and have a great night together. No, because it's they not go that. To, they go to a location that has like great food and great wine and I should ha- clarify. they have an amazing night together. I should clarify more. It's more the connection to Rob as, as a person. He's he's held up. He's put up on this pedestal as this like supernaturally gifted chef. Basically, not only does he, everybody in the entire industry looks up to him as this like godlike figure because he's so skilled in the the the, the flavors and things that he brings out of food is so magical. He remembers every meal he's ever cooked and every person he's ever served. Like what? He's yeah. like he's like some sort of like fairy character. And then and. He's a chef. That's yeah. kind of like a Deus Ex Machina too. Like the waitress is say that after he serves the meal, like after the guy cries. After like, he then he yeah. reveals like I made this. Yeah. Because I remember everyone I ever served. Yeah. That's, putting that after is kind yeah. of and, and that I just couldn't believe it because I'm like he's a chef. He's in the back. Like unless they brought him out, like we'd like to meet the chef, Maybe. and he like meets every single person who eats his food. How do you meet? Well, every he might person? have been aware of Darius. Yeah, it's like oh, been a could big be. They, yeah, yeah. They're both yeah. have high stature. To me, yeah, scene. It, it's not the idea that like they could have had such a good night that really did carry the relationship for a while. It's I think the causality of the food being the reason mm. where it's like they were fighting or they were like being cold to each other, and the food comes out, and they're like, "Oh my god, maybe I do love you." <laughs> like, I don't know. The way I see it is like a... they just had an overall shitty relationship, and then they had one really good night together that time. And to me, that is like so typical. Like that happens all the time. I can think of times in my childhood yeah. where it's like, yeah, it was awful. Remember that one time, that fun time yeah, we but had? I, it's, no, you, wouldn't right. play, I, you wouldn't place the responsibility on the dinner you had. Uh, but if you met that guy, like if you're from his perspective, he's a kid, right? Let's let's assume, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he's a kid. He's growing up. Darius is his dad. They're in the food world. His first job is probably in a restaurant. Like he knows all the food shit. It's just like the same as being like, hey, Linus, what was your first CPU you ever had? And- 99 people out of 100 would be like, I had a computer. I don't know. Go away. But he will tell you exactly what he had. And yeah, and it's the same in this family, except for it's food. I, and I so can... if you're growing up in that world with that dad and every week they go to these restaurants and every week they fight. And then on this week, they didn't fight. And you know, because he's the most famous chef on that scene. Yeah. I, I don't think this is that so out there. I think I, once again, I think I agree that uh, a really, really nice meal could change the course of a night so that you end up, you know, feeling better about uh, what things are, you know, how, how things are going than otherwise. But 
the the thing that made it weird is that it everything ever each one of these details seemed to point back to Robin being this godlike figure, mm-hmm. and that just seemed really weird to me. I guess the thing that I was missing, I think I'm, I'm connecting with you on James, is uh, that this is all from the lens of the child. It's like that's the child deifying Rob, and like through the story and the memory, mm. and so I think that kind of makes a little bit more sense. But from the adult perspective, I yeah, I just it's not the food that would have done it. Okay. I don't think so. Man. Do you think, uh, I actually had an outstanding question. I don't really know the answer to. Remember when he goes to that bakery? Yes. And it was it was the location of his restaurant that closed. And then there's that woman he's talking to that yeah. still works there. Was that meant to be his daughter? Okay. Or was it meant to just be like the manager who, who he passed it down so to? I was asking the same question. I'm like, is this supposed to be his daughter? But I don't think it was his daughter because at the, you know, the, the, it would have been there would have been more like where have you been like I've missed you and blah 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 I don't know it yeah. it, it seemed pretty it seemed more like a uh, professional um, reunion so yeah so I, I think I, it was it was a former employee like like Derek was you know yeah I thought may, at the beginning of the scene it was maybe a daughter but then by the end of it I yeah. didn't think so I mean that would be a weird loose end to have to be like oh he's had a daughter the whole time too um, although maybe he does have kids and they're just like not in the picture I can see that I guess maybe. Um, did you, did you, so you guys, did you ask the question when Darius is offering to Rob, I'll give you $25,000 or 20 million. Actually, if you keep going, I'll kill the pig. Did you have a moment there where you're like, wait, what? I just assume that he, there's something to hide. Like there's something, like there's some level to this deception that we'll, we'll find out. I just don't understand because he said he doesn't even need the pig. Like he's implying that he didn't even need the pig. He's willing to A, give a ton of money away in exchange for it. Or B, just who, kill who, it. Who didn't need the pig, Darius? Darius. Well, he might have been bluffing. He and might, by then, the he, pig might have already been dead. And that's the thing that makes the most sense. But in the moment, I'm like, wait, what? Is that, what is this about for him? Is it about, like, screwing over his own son because he knows that Amir is involved? Which is another whole level of this, like... Uh, it was a bit confusing as to why... His, uh, well, I didn't. Yeah, I guess I, that's just the character of the dad that he's just like Amir. You have to make your own way. You know, it's like I'm mm-hmm. not going to help you. Like you go and do your own thing. But at the same time, he's like, you're not meant for this business. So I don't know what he wanted to do. There's just so many questions. When you say uh, he offered him like 20 million, you realize that he didn't yeah, that really was, offer him. That, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You just yeah. want to know like, is there any amount of money? Do it was you, just hyperbole. Yeah, you have yeah. a price at all? No, mm-hmm. I get it. But it was just like I don't. I, it seemed like he was just kind of being an asshole and more than, because at first we're like, they stole the pig because it's a prized truffle pig. It's really good at finding truffles. This is a big thing. And like, we see the other truffle hunters being like, you have a pig? Like, oh, what? That would be amazing to have a pig who could find it. Uh, so like, we know that the pig has value. But wait, then, wait, wait, wait. They had their own pig too. Truffle pigs are a thing. Yeah, I know, I know. But they, well, I thought that the way that- You're talking were, about that lady who wait, was they like, had a they messed with your pig? Let's fucking go! Like that lady who was like all over oh, it. I love that. Is that who you're talking about? Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I thought that she was saying that like you have a pig because like it would be really nice to have a truffle pig. No, I think she was like they mess with your pig. I understand that that is your livelihood and that is very serious, and you probably also have a bond with that animal. Like this is very serious. Did you see? Did we see other pigs in around there? I don't know. I if thought we that the saw person any. they were talking to, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, I assume that she also well, had a pig. I. Uh, Oh, okay. I, I mean, I assumed that it was like a bit of a rare thing to have a truffle pig, uh, given that like they came and stole his. Well, well he yeah. had a good one because <laughs> he has the best truffles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But really, but I mean, like, yeah, Darius, him. if he has all this money, he could have sourced good truffle pigs. But you no, know, you want the and best. And he says that. He wants the best. 
Right. They all need the best. But, but then he also offered to kill the pigs, so is, clearly it doesn't matter the to question. Him. Are the best truffle pigs finding the best truffles, or are they just finding the most truffles? I don't imagine that they're, like, picky about what truffles they're finding. No, 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 they are. They oh. are. I, I, a, a few years ago, for some reason, okay. I read a Wikipedia page about this, and I still remember that you can get inferior truffles by using dogs. Okay. But that's dogs. <laughs> we're talking about pigs. <laughs> no, 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 but we're talking about the quality of the truffle. Like, if you could just find a great many truffles you would just use dogs and just go and get them but you need the best sniffers on the pig okay. they get better okay. ones okay okay yeah you know what and pl- plus it's just back. what they describe in this show of like the competition of the of sure. that scene and like yeah just needing everything to be tip 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 top so. well and it i like it as a metaphor too where it's to the the the, the high class scene it's just the pig is just a tool it's just a, me- a method for getting it but within the story it's like no it's an object of affection it's a it's a not a person but mm-hmm. it's a loved being and i think that 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 works just for the theme i think really well what and, you, and it get, makes you like the main character right away because you know that he loves an animal yeah what the cat you know what do you guys think the ending of the movie is what, what what feelings is that supposed to leave us with are we supposed to be uh hopeful that he will confront his reality and kind of like move forward or well, are we, he is doing it is it depressing by playing the tape he is confronting it right but then does that mean that he's gonna like start having showers and well he <laughs> maybe start some sort of life again or I mean, don't gotta, we see him wash do we yeah yeah at the end he finally and this actually bothered me no no no, so he, wa- much. no he washes his hands and he splashes water on his face he doesn't have a shower that's that's a, that's <laughs> good Im- for him it's implied that he has not bathed in maybe years Ew. Like he, there's there's a point when he's uh he's he's wearing one of those like long sleeve pajamas. Yep, and he like lifts his arm and you see this like horrible sweat, like just gross stain on it in his armpits. That's like that's years old. Oh, I didn't think that was years old. I just thought he was so obsessed with finding the pig that he didn't even bother washing. Well, it's okay. Maybe he like goes in this creek every once in a while, but like Amir's like, you still you sure you don't want to shower over here because he like he smells horrible. Like clearly he doesn't bathe often or regularly yeah. even maybe. So it's like I got the sense that he just like went in the river once a week or something. But maybe sure. I missed it. Maybe there is a bigger plot point there where it's <laughs> Well, I think I I mean that's a that's a marker of depression and grief that you like don't bathe, you know, yeah. you don't take care of yourself. So are you asking do you think for him to really be on the road to recovery after this film ends that he moves back to town? Maybe. And rejoin society. I mean, clearly there's there's a community there for him if he wanted to do anything. Like, like there's nothing wrong with living out in a cabin or whatever, but clearly he's not taking care of himself. It's not a healthy lifestyle. He was well, he, he is was, ta- well, he was putting off the grief and, and confronting what actually happened by mapping onto this pig. And it's like, you know, that's a coping mechanism, fair enough, but it's like that's not a way to progress. That's not a way to like be intentional about how you want to like continue the rest of your life. So I guess my question about the end of the movie is, do we think that he's going to basically, he basically goes back to the cabin and now he's just kind of keep going to keep doing what he was doing, but without the pig? Or is it going to be more of like a, this has been an experience, I've learned something, I'm confronting what happened and now I'm going to change. It, maybe he still lives out there, but he like, you know, is a bit more healthy about it. Or something. I don't know. I mean, I could see either way. I don't think that you necessarily need to. I don't think being reclusive is is inherently a sign, a marker of someone who's un- I, I unwell. Agree. Yeah, and and I could see that it could be a str- uh, certainly a strong message or signal that he like rejoins the culture after getting well. Maybe uh, he like interacts with the other truffle people every once in a while. 
Yeah, or he asks Amir <laughs> to like give him a phone or something. But I could see how the denouement of the movie would be weaker if they dragged it out just yeah. to show yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I could like, see why they ended it where they, it was a strong ending. Yeah. I like it being ambiguous. I think I was just like, is this supposed to be depressing or is it supposed to be hopeful? I don't know. Or what do you think Darius does after this moment? I don't know. Honestly, I'm so confused about that. You think he sells that car? Relationship. The co- oh, you mean Amir? Oh, I'm sorry. I did mean Amir. Oh, hopefully. Do you think he sells the car? Does he go and talk to his mom? What does he do? I think I, he becomes a truffle pig. <laughs> Tusk. Yeah. He finds Tusk like goes on all fours. He finds a like, serum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, no. I, yeah. I mean, I think that there's enough there to indicate that maybe he stops. Uh, you know, moves away from this sort of like superficial trajectory that he was on. Maybe he like tries to care less about uh, his reputation. Yeah, and and uh, artificially caring about classical music. Mm. I really like that man. The scene that he's like psyching himself up in the mirror. Oh yeah, the characterization of him is great. And again, we already talked about this, but he does a really great job. I also like that the the film cuts him off. Yes, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I think that's a really good (laughs) cue. I think it happens three times. Yeah, where he's like yelling at Rob, and it's like, "What do you think you're gonna?" (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's like the movie doesn't even have respect for you and your lifestyle. This is like you're 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 being fake, bro. Oh, even I. The scene when he's there, he's he's unloading on Rob, and he's like, "You gotta get like, you just need to show me respect." And he's, but he, but Rob isn't really listening. All he heard was like, "You fuck, you like pig fucker or whatever." And he's like, "I don't fuck my pig." <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. Like, I'm glad yep. they addressed it. Yeah, because otherwise, my imagination was going wild. And then it's later, <laughs> it's later on that he says, "I love that pig," right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not like that. My uh, little, I saw this movie in the theater. My little sister's 15 beside me. She was so hilarious. She nailed down a, such a good one-liner. I wanted to lean over and pass it on to the next person. It was so funny. <laughs> when he said, I love that pig, she was like, he does fuck the pig. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I think this movie does a pretty good job with its visual storytelling. I uh, I really mm-hmm. like the moment when they're outside of, I guess it's Darius's house, maybe not, but it's like a nice uh, landscaped yard and he's talking about like, I don't need the pig. Like the trees point point me there. And it goes to a wide shot where you see the manicured like landscape. And I found it was like a moment where the movie was like, hey, pay attention to the visuals, the way that like this tree, the, this landscape is pointing us to this house. It's not pointing us to like anything important. Mm. Um, and I, I thought that was like a, just a cool moment where the, I, I like when movies kind of subtly do something a little bit meta to, to draw you in that way. Huh. Yeah, I didn't um, pick up on that. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Except I mean like, okay, the truffles are under this tree somewhere and there's still a lot of ground to dig through, buddy. I, yeah. I'm sure the it's pig's not helpful. Quite, no, for sure. <laughs> oh. No, but he's a super chef. He has the sense of smell of uh, Superman. Yeah. Then, okay. I have a, well, it's not really a nitpick, I guess, but like when when uh, Rob uh, calls Derek out and he like turns to him and, and, and Derek recognizes him, he's like, Chef Feld, oh my gosh, how are you? And he asks, <laughs> how are you? And his face is like, completely grimy and covered in blood. Yeah, no one really addresses it. They just so, let him go around like looking like a hobo. So I rewatched the scene okay. because I it was my favorite scene and I wanted to make sure that I had like gotten the impact of it. And uh, he says, how are you? And he's like, they continue for a bit. But then like a few seconds later, he's like, uh, do you need medical attention? <laughs> yeah, 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 that was the best. And he's like, no. no, no. I'm like, oh, okay. So they did address it. But like, I think I was like, he, he said, how are you? And I had I was laughing or something. I'm like, he's got blood. Oh, you missed that the first yeah, time? I missed it the first time. Yeah. I, I feel like we're not done talking about this bloodiness. Okay. Because it kind of pulled me out of the movie because I was like, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Not only are you in public, but like, 
you just, just, you're washing your hands. Like, especially when you're at the point where it's like, you are cooking a meal now. Yeah. And you're washing your hands just to prepare this meal. Too. Can you just get the blood off you? And then you're wearing this these dis- disgusting clothing and you're sitting two feet from Darius. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you cook that meal. You smell like shit. Like, yeah. It's part of the aroma. Like Darius is going to be like, get away sh- from me. It's part yeah. of the whole, you got to waft it. He smelled so bad for sure. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why they didn't bother cleaning his face. Like that just seems like a weird choice. Like, I could I could dredge some meaning out of it. Like oh now that he's content now at the end of the movie he's finally washing. Yeah. Like quest yes. over. Yeah. But yes. I don't know. But I that think that's very, what it was. Yeah, it feels very screenwritery where it's like oh we need to have a, a signpost of his change. Right. But I think it was also part of this. I'm gonna say it's intentional. Uh, uh, misleading stuff where it's like they want you to think that he's this badass and maybe he might snap at any moment and like. Kill somebody. Yeah, grab a fork. And yeah, stab he him. looks dangerous. He looks unhinged. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an element. I'll grant. I don't agree with that, but I will. You don't agree? That I, I agree. Okay, I agree that there's something intentional going on. I don't think that their intention is to like bait people into thinking it's John Wick. Yeah, but enough. I will concede that there is. He has this aura, and we never know what he's going to do. Yeah, he has right. all this. He has this toolbox. We don't know what's inside throughout the whole movie. There is a hotel down here fifty years ago. He like knows all this inside shit. Uh, mm. commands all this respect that he he doles out very uh, intentionally but See, only small I, amounts. I think I might agree with you that it, 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 it there's a there's a chance it's not intentional, but then we are incorporating things like the underground fighting ring and and like I don't know, like he's got a bloody face the whole time. It just I feel like it it, it has to be intentional. Otherwise it's like I don't know. Maybe he's just like, it seems crazy to me that this director would not be aware of the similarities, at least in the initial setup between this and John Wick or like, oh, yeah. or other like revenge action movies. Maybe, but very, very similar. Well, yet yeah, has so many of the tropes early on, like the dead wife with yeah. like a, with a, a touchstone that you, he'll play back to, to tell us a story. There's so many tropes. I wrote down a note. Can we stop with these overly contrived and silly revenge stories for the sake of moody characters and badass action? Because I thought, Already, I was like, I know what this movie's going to be. Yeah. I and wonder, I was already tired of it. Is it possible that the filmmakers had never seen John Wick and weren't aware that? Absolutely no not. No way. Absolutely it's not. a totally different genre. No. Not I every mean, filmmaker has seen it's, every it's movie. Too, it's too, like, in the pop culture. Someone at some point would have been like, hey, this is like John Wick. Okay. Ba- it's basically the same genre for the first third. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you would need to do is add, a, add an action, like, add him fighting back a little bit when they take the pig. Yeah. And it would be exactly yeah. the same genre. It's ten dudes instead of two. Yeah, yeah. But like, I just thought it was maybe a bit more restrained. Like he's not gonna blast his way through fifty guys. It'll be like eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my! God. Would you have liked the movie better if it went that direction? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like this is what I'm. The, Depends I'm, how good the gun kata was. <laughs> yeah, if they had good gun kata, then any movie with good gun kata is an immediate <laughs> eight plus yeah. for me. But um. Yeah, like I say, I recognize the quality of this movie. The cinematography is great. The ambiance they build with the the music and the color correction and the like. I don't think that Nicholas's cage Nicholas Cage's performance was like particularly stunning. Like I think he did a good job. But people talking about like Nicholas Cage just knocks it out of the park in this one. Oh, he's just an amazing performance. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, he's he's just pretty he's stoic. Just, he's just calm. Like yeah. I, I, I as an actor, it's like. That's not too hard to get down into the like, I'm just going to talk at this level the whole time. But I think, though, there's something about Nicolas Cage. And maybe it's not a skill. Maybe it's just who he is. 
but he's like enchanting where like you don't want to look away from him and like other actors if they played it that way you would just get bored of it and like i don't sure. think i don't think you get bored of nicholas cage because like you're always on edge watching him but i think i think maybe that's, that's why he needs that, that's that's the bloody fair. face maybe maybe but i i think that's 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 the very thing you said is the reason why I don't think it's fair to call this like a groundbreaking, like a great performance because it's Nicolas Cage and we're looking at him and we have that connection with him because we know that's Nicolas Cage. So we're hanging on what he's going to do. What is Nicolas Cage going to do? If it was another person acting, we would be like, you know, he's just, he's I just think, calm. I think Nicolas Cage is one of those actors that's heavily dependent on a good script, the right script and a good director. Oh, definitely. Because uh, he's he's clearly very talented. Like he knows how to do it, but it has to be the right roles. And I think this is a perfect role for him. Right. For that, for what exactly what we're talking about. Um, I think the director did a good job keeping him contained until kind of like that one big outburst. I'll, I'll completely I, he, agree with you. There. I love yeah. that. That's one of my hit picks. Is that one moment of uh, uncontained Nick Cage when he steals the bike and just goes. In that, in that kid's face. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. That was great. Yeah, that was really great. Yeah, he's like scares him off. Yeah. Did he steal it? Yeah, he, he biked stole to that bike. The, he biked to the next location with it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't have much else to say. Yeah. Did you think that my Swiss Army Man uh, comparison was was that movie's was wrong? Objectively weirder than this movie. It, it is? is, but I think that... The, okay, so this is the point I wanted to say. Swiss Army Man is weird on purpose. Uh, it's 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 used it uses that weirdness for comedy and like character moments and like you get dramatic weight because it's so weird and you're like oh you like it draws you into it because you want to understand what's happening you want to know what's next like what is the next weirdest thing how are we gonna one up this and so it's like it uses the weirdness but in this one the weirdness works against it for me because I know that it's trying to get me to feel something. And I really did not feel something because of the fact that there was this subversion, because of the fact that like I'm supposed to be believing that that Rob is this like magical chef with magical. It's not magic. It's not magic it feels powers, like it, though. but it feels this like it's it's almost a supernatural ability to make people feel things because they taste a, a piece of food. And and then there were the, like the couple performances that just like really didn't uh, sell for me. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's. Yeah, it's too weird. It's not that weird. Yeah, I don't find it that weird. And I think to me, overall, the greatest strength is just how like sweetly unexpected this movie went over for me. Where Mm. it's just, it's so simple and it's just nice that it doesn't go off the deep end. Like it kind of feels like an A24 movie where you're just like, it's going to go there. But it's like, no, it, it, it stays small. It stays contained. And that's rare. And I I really appreciate that. And it's, it's interesting because while I was watching it, I guess I'm in a column A and column B kind of thing here with Riley where I'm like, what's going to happen in this movie? This is a wacky premise. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, when you look back, you're like, it was just a solid kind of by the numbers, wholesome, sentimental kind of movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They they just, he wanted to get his pig, his pig died and he had to do emotional growth on the way. I will say that there, it it takes courage to uh, fuck a pig take a premise that a lot of people clearly thought was going to be one thing and take it in a different direction yeah. and make it more about this like very human element of empathy and and uh, like loss and all this stuff. It's, um, def- it's definitely not a movie I begrudge you for not liking because I can see why it just like doesn't hit right. Oh, he liked it. That means a lot to me, David. You yeah. almost gave it a seven. Yeah, yeah. I, this I, is the same I, rating I, you gave Justice League. 6.9? So it's not, well, that's what I gave Justice League. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good movie. I did 
like it with a small L. Uh, it bothered me. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I, I just—it's a great palate cleanser, you know. To use a culinary term. After Marvel. <laughs> After like a, a bunch of stuff, it's just so—it's just so fresh and different. It reminds me most closely with uh, Sound of Metal in tone. Oh yeah, that's fair. Kind of similar. Yeah, just human stories. Now I'm excited to get really, really weird with the Green Knight. Oh, I hope oh. it's so fucking good, man. I'm I know. So, oh, I'm really excited. I know so little about it, but it looked pretty cool in the first thirty seconds. I, I'm. We're almost certainly going to be disappointed if we're hyping it up this much. I know. It's gonna be shit. Let's go with that. Expectation. All right, everyone else is gonna love it. Hey, where are we watching? Is that a theaters only thing, I or is that so. gonna be on streamers? Uh, I don't know. All right, people are going to have to Google that and find out. But join us. Join the carpool. Watch this movie. Come back and listen to this next episode on this awesome set that undoubtedly looks and sounds better than anything you've seen before. Tweet at us at Carpool Critics. Email us hello at carpoolcritics.ca. Hello. (laughs) You need a pig for hours. (laughs) Send me pictures of your pigs. Pig.